Hello. Welcome to Discovering Jazz, where you and I together discover great music, picking up information to keep jazz old and new alive. My name is Larry Sademan, here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, sponsored by Peterborough Independent Podcasters. This is part two of the best jazz albums of 2023, according to experts. Some of the albums I'll introduce were selected by lots of reviewers, and some may have only been chosen by one. But I'm tending to focus on ones that, at first listen, seem to resonate with me, at least at that particular moment. This first one was chosen by at least six list makers. A saxophonist from England, real name Angus Fairbairn, but he goes by the moniker of Alabaster de Plume. He also considers himself a poet, composer, and activist. The album is called Come With Fierce Grace. I love the way that his tenor sax, sounding at times like a baritone, emerges from the music's sparseness in this particular tune called Did You Know. It also features singer Momoko Gill, also known as Metashiba. Thank you. 
Alabaster de Plume, did you know, with Momoka Gill vocals and Tom Skinner on bass. That's from uh, de Plume's Come With Fierce Grace album. Next, an album by a Canadian pianist that's getting a lot of rave reviews. Chris Davis, who grew up in Calgary, Alberta, and her group, which she calls Diatom Ribbons. This one's a double CD called Live at the Village Vanguard and includes, uh, with Chris Davis on piano, prepared piano and synthesizer, Terry Lynn Carrington on drums, Val Gente, turntable and electronics, Julian Lades on electric guitar, and Trevor Down on bass. I'm going to play her rendition of the late pianist Jerry Allen's composition, The Dancer. Jerry Allen's original version from the mid-1980s was a modern kind of funk This particular version is more laid back and bluesy and rather tuneful in its unusual way. And she doesn't include the tap dancing that's part of the original. The dancer, Chris Allen and Diatom Ribbons.
Chris Davis and Daya Tom Ribbons, The Dancer. Here's another much-talked-about album from 2023, Jason Moran and his tribute to early jazz leader James Reese Europe. That was the man who organized the Clef Club, a society for black Americans in the music industry. In 1912, the club made history when it played a concert at Carnegie Hall for the benefit of the Colored Music Settlement School. They played music written solely by black composers. And um, James Reese Europe composed some great and still played tunes, his best known one being Ballin' the Jack. Here is the first track on the Jason Moran album where uh, Moran gives some important history about this man, the title track of the album, From the Dance Hall to the Battlefield. They walked a very long way, saw you and tagged you forever, then strode away but kept you in their mind as they tagged someone else. See, that's how a lot of this works. They didn't tell you where they were going or what it would feel like or sound like or the stories you'd tell about all that you'd survive. And yes, you will survive or be survived by. In 1881, James Reese Europe is born in Mobile, Alabama. And in the pre-dawn of the Great Migration, his parents moved up to Washington, D.C. because they knew. It is in D.C. that James begins to take violin lessons from Joseph Douglas, the grandson of Frederick Douglass, because Douglass innately knew that liberation not only speaks from the mind, but also from the instrument. The violin, hollowed wood with a bow strung with horsehair, abrading the tense steel. See, liberation occurs in many forms. When James then takes his violin to New York, he's seeking a new sound, new folk to break bread with, and a new stage to plow. For the stage will always be a portal, a place to test what is real and surreal. What he realizes is that a required respect on the stage and off must be demanded, which culminated in a black musicians union called the Clef Club. It is the humanity that I hear in these songs, in his bands. When James tagged 125 musicians, walked into Carnegie Hall with this brand of syncopation, the new beat had arrived because syncopation is about urgency, pushing the beat ahead to apply the anticipation of the oncoming downbeat, an outlook that is inherently futuristic. So all that futurism arrives, but the indoor stage proved only preparation for another dangerous stage, the battlefield of World War I. And with his band of black diaspora, he brought the music across the Atlantic to the front line of the battle as his commitment to expansive vision was beyond. Beyond the last row of the seats in the house or the horizon of the trenches ahead, James Reese Europe becomes one of the seminal big bangs in black music. Let us meditate on that. From the dance hall to the battlefield and back home to you.
Jason Moran. Next, jazz by a group of a bit who have been described as playing minimalist music. Minimal or minimalist music is characterized by repetitive patterns or pulses, steady drones, consonant harmony, and very small units or phrases that repeat over and over again. It's not a music form that normally resonates with me, but Gogo Penguin, who I saw live in concert a couple years ago at the Victoria Jazz Fest and, and sort of enjoyed it, they may be one of my favorites of the lot. But even then, a little bit of them goes a long way. Here's a short track from their latest album called Everything is Going to Be Okay, a record they put together after a number of tragedies in the lives of some of the group members. This particular track is called Glow. Gogo Penguin. Next, a drummer-led ensemble. The album's called Rivers in Our Veins, and the leader is Allison Miller. It's a 12-song cycle inspired by the many rivers and watersheds of the United States. Musically, it flows nicely, with the main soloists blending in well with the rest of the ensemble, and some nice melodies and rhythms, which I find to be the case so often with drummer-led ensembles. Here is Hudson, featuring Jenny Scheinman on violin. (laughs) 
Allison Miller, leader and percussionist with Jenny Scheinman violin, Jason Palmer trumpet, Ben Goldbert on clarinet, Carmen Staff on keyboards, and Todd Sikafus on bass. Hudson from Rivers in Our Veins. Next, one of my favorite pianists and his tribute to another great pianist and composer, Aaron Deal has long had a passion for the work of pianist Mary Lou Williams. In 1945, Williams put on the first performance of her Zodiac Suite, a work that is considered to be one of the first attempts to meld classical music and jazz. But there were some serious setbacks in the performance. The venue was half full and the orchestra under-rehearsed. In the middle of it, the conductor had lost a page, which understandably created confusion for the musicians. But it was recorded by Moses Ash at Folkways Records and released. Now, this performance by Aaron Deal and the Knights, where I'm assuming that nobody lost any pages, it includes his trio of uh, David Wong on bass and Aaron Kimmel on drums, and it utilizes Williams' original arrangement and orchestration conducted here by Eric Jacobson. And since I'm a Taurus, I thought it would be appropriate for me to play the track that represents that sign. Aaron Deal and the Knights, Taurus.
Aaron Deal, that's spelled D-I-E-H-L, playing some of Mary Lou Williams' Zodiac Suite. Another album that's on a few critics' lists is the duet with Fred Hirsch and Esperanza Spalding, where Spalding leaves her bass at home and just sings. It's filled with unpredictable piano playing by Fred Hirsch of a few standards, with Spalding doing not just vocal acrobatics, but reworking some of these tunes in ways that makes you think of them differently, especially on the rather sexist lyrics of the Neil Hefty and Bobby Troop song, Girl Talk. But listen to the way that Esperanza Spalding reworks his song and maybe changes the meaning, or maybe just brings out its hidden meaning, as she suggests, from Alive at the Village Vanguard, Fred Hirsch and Esperanza Spalding. Impossible when the spy is being interrogated and he's saying one thing to the interrogator, but there's another meaning that he's forming with his lips. Anybody remember that scene? I just, I, yeah, okay. I just bring it up because I <laughs> I hear this song. When I first heard it sung, I thought, there's something in there. There's something more in this song that maybe only a select few are meant to understand. Or maybe like a select 51% of the population is supposed to understand. Don't get it twisted. It's like, how can I say this? See, what may look mundane on the surface is not. He said that's true, but do you know how true that really is? I'm going to see if you know what I'm talking about. To talk about the dresses that we wear tonight. We chew the fat about our terraces and a lady's thigh. Inconsequential things you men don't really care to know become essential things we ladies find so apropos. See, that's our game when you're a dame. It's all the same. They call it girl talk. Girl talk. We all meow about the ups and downs of all our friends. The who, the how, the why. We dish the dirt. It never ends. Not weak of sex, just speak of sex, you mortal men behold. For you may joke, but we wouldn't trade it for a ton of gold. You see our way, we gab away. Hear me say that after girl talk, try and decode the hidden meaning. It's okay, I know it's not for everyone, 
that's kind of the point. See, on the surface, it just sounds like. Did you see that sail down at Rite Aid? I'm not lying. Real mohair lashes, girl. Two for eight dollars. I'm not lying. You can reuse them joints. Don't judge. You can reuse them joints. These right here from three weeks ago. No lie. No lie. Now let's break that down. See, dudes, you think we're talking about one thing, but y'all don't understand. We're practicing a theory of economic sustainability. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Am I lying? Just one minor example. Katie on the bus looks over at Jane, and she looks at her sideways, and she says, Cheryl, look at that bus driver's right arm. No, not the left, just the right arm. How'd he get the right arm bigger than the left arm? What's up with that? He's just driving with one arm or something? They don't power steering on this joint? Wow. You sitting on a seat two rows behind and think, how petty. Let me break it down again. At the end of the day, girl talk's always charged with a deeper meaning. If you care to unpackage it like I will for you, cause I'm nice. Just to start, why would the right side be out of balance with the left side, the feminine? Because clearly this man has a masculine imbalance. That's why he works both shifts in a row, because he can't find a lady, because he's got too much masculine energy. Think about it. You'll get there. But in the meantime, I hope that this little ditty might inspire you to look and listen a little differently when we ladies talk. Because we talk. We talk. And talk 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 and see what we're really doing is solving the world's ailments one conversation at a time. just our way we gab away some call it play so after girl talk you may try and talk to me that's usually what happens Fre Fred's gonna help out he'll just take it from here <laughs>
We like to chat about the dresses that we wear tonight. We chew the fat about our terraces and our neighbors fight. Inconsequential things you men don't really care to know become essential things us women find so apropos. See, that's a thing. It's a game we call girl talk. Girl talk. We all meow about the ups and downs of all our friends. The who, the how, the why. We dish the dirt, it never ends. Not weaker sex, just speaker sex, you men behold. But though we joke, we wouldn't trade it for a ton of gold. It's just our way to gabble when hear me say that after girl talk, talk to me. Make it interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. Now you may practice freely on your own. Girl talk. Girl talk. Girl. Twelve Minutes of Girl Talk from Fred Hirsch and Esperanza Spalding. As I introduce this next album, you might think, oh no, not another album of those done-to-death American songbook standards. Some jazz artists got so bored with them that they, they start doing really weird things with them so they become almost unrecognizable. But Vancouver-born Leila Bialy's latest album, called Your Request, finds that perfect middle ground, tight, solid, yet creative arrangements of those old chestnuts, with fine but not spectacular singing, but it creates a whole album that I really like, and she has enough guests to keep it all interesting. I'm going to play the opening tune from the album. It's actually older than most of those great American songbook tunes. It was written by Ray Henderson and Mort Dixon in 1926 and was never even entertained by jazz artists of the time as a possible jazz tune, probably until Julie London made a slow swing version of it in 1956. And Miles Davis had a go at it in 1957, and voila! A jazz standard was formed. Bialy's version moves from 7-4 to 4-4 and features her own piano work, bassist George Collar, drummers uh, Larnell Lewis and Ben Whitman, and it starts off with a wild saxophone intro by Kelly Jefferson. Bye-bye, Blackbird. Leila Bialy.
Bialy. Next, an album that I have in my own collection and I've played a lot. It's pianist Noah Haidu and his Jazz Standards album, A Salute to 
the Keith Jarrett Standards Trio. But I particularly like what Haidu does here, because he and his trio keep the essence of each tune's melody, even within all those improvisations. With bassist Peter Washington, drummer Lewis Nash, saxophonist Steve Wilson, here's Haidu's arrangement of the Arthur Schwartz Standard, You and the Night of Music.
pianist Noah Haidu and his Standards Trio, You in the Night of Music. He has another Standards album coming out in 2024, and I very much look forward to hearing it. Let's finish with another drummer-led ensemble. Jonathan Blake's Passage album is dedicated to his late father, jazz violinist John Blake Jr. It includes one track written by his father, and the musicians are some of the best young jazz players in America. Vibraphonist Joel Ross, Emmanuel Wilkins on saxophone, pianist David Vrelles, and Desron Douglas on bass. A lot of reviewers are mentioning this album in their best-of lists. I'm going to play the last track, called West Berkeley Street, which ends off with some phone messages that had been left by his father. Jonathan Blake. And you're listening to Stud Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan. Next week, some more albums that jazz experts have deemed to be worthy of our attention. Bye for now.
your office. This is your dad. Give me a call when you get there. But give me a call when you get a chance. I want to walk through this whole thing this weekend with you. When you get a chance. All right, bye. Hey, John. Dad. Man, come up tomorrow. Hey, John. Dad, catching up with you. Just trying to catch up with you. Let me call me. Give me a call when you get a chance.